Hello, everyone. This is Alan Bolio from ITR Economics. I want to thank you for joining the webinar the other day, and I'm glad to be able to answer some of your questions that came in after we were done. First question is, what's the impact of vaccine mandates on the economy? Uh, don't really know. We have never been down that road before. One of the things that could happen with the vaccine mandates is that people who are working in firms of over 100 people who do not want to participate in the mandate will quit those companies and go to work for other firms that have less than 100 people that are also looking for new talent. The net effect is probably not going to be much different on the economy, although it can certainly impact individual companies for the better or for the worse. Uh, and thank you, Will Hilly, for the kind words. That's very nice of you. Any thoughts or challenges, uh, any thoughts on challenges with vaccine mandates and the impact of retention and recruitment? Um, sure, it can be uh, difficult in terms of recruitment for those that just don't want to have the vaccine for whatever reason, and obviously for retention too. It's a difficult line to walk for many, many companies, and uh, it's, it's not easy uh, for any of us as we try to decide what is the best course of action. Uh, do I see tariff policy with China changing soon or having an impact? I don't see it changing soon, no. I think we're in a pretty frosty relationship with China and that we're not likely to see them lifted. Uh, if we see a change in the tariffs, it might be in name or it might be in terms of depth and scope, but uh, I'm not looking for a lot to change there. We may change the name of a tariff to a carbon tax, for instance, or we may see a change in the percent uh, of the tariff, but uh, we're not warm and fuzzy with China right now, and China's not warm and fuzzy with us. Uh, and when we get to the next question, it says, is there a modern example in another country to look at as an example of what is being projected for the U.S. in 2034, acknowledging that 2034 will have a global impact? I'm not sure I entirely follow that, which mean by modern, uh, what will the economy look like in the 2030s is how I'm going to take that question. And it will look like the Great Recession in many ways in terms of the difficulty on businesses and on people, but it's just going to last a lot longer. It'll be more difficult in that it'll last for years, not simply a year. Uh, but you're going to find high unemployment. You're going to find many industries that are challenged by lack of credit. Others that will be challenged by a lack of customers. So you can use that as a relative guide, just extend it and make it a little wider. Uh, and you have a reasonable proximity of what we'll be looking at. And the next one is, I have indicated that copper prices will subside long-term. Do you see them subsiding in the next quarter? Uh, I don't think uh, I would say long-term. I think you're gonna find them subsiding through the near term and then as inflationary pressures build again next year, and especially into 2023, I would expect the copper prices would be participating in that. Not a massive rise like we just went through, not that, that overwhelming demand pull that we saw from industry and from housing and uh, in China. We're just That's not going to be there because we're looking at a softer uh, rate of rise in the global economy. But I think that we will see enough so that prices are going to fall as supply chain eases in 22 and into 23. And then later in 23, you're gonna see some upward pressure on uh, prices. Um, next person mentioned that uh, I anticipated a market, meaning stock market correction in the near future. Um, 
Yes, we do. Uh, that's in our ITR trends report, and we write about the stock market every month, and that information is available to uh, subscribers. You may want to try a free uh, subscription to see what that page is telling you in greater detail. And I mentioned that it would create a good buying opportunity. The question then becomes, what are my thoughts regarding the potential magnitude of the correction? Well, not a bear market. And by definition, the correction is 10% or more. Uh, so something uh, that qualifies as a correction, but doesn't scare the daylights out of you and that it's not gonna be a bear market. That will come a few years down the road in our estimation. How about Great Depression by 2030s? How about it, uh, Dawn? That's a really uh, interesting thought. Yes, it's coming still. We have not changed the timeline because of modern monetary theory or because of the stimulus or anything else. It's still on track for around the same time period. Brian and I just dusted all that off. Actually, we went in depth again. Dusting off doesn't do it justice. As we prepared for our July 2021 webinar that he and I did on this subject, covers it in much greater detail, but uh, all the factors are still in play, and we are still going to see that Great Depression coming to the US and globally. Next question is, uh, do I believe the real estate construction industry is a good investment at this time, or do you believe there could be a potential housing crisis in the near future? Uh, well, you know, that's uh, first I have to say that all real estate is local, right? So in some places there could be a, a crisis and other places not. So we don't want to oversimplify, but neither do I want to overcomplicate. Uh, as a whole, overall, I don't think you're going to see prices collapse. I think you're going to find that there will be demand and that housing starts will continue to go up in 22 and 23. Uh, not at the overwhelming pace that we saw from the pent up demand and from some really low favorable interest rates combined with a lot of the cash provided by the federal government. So yes, it's going to continue to be a good place. I think it'll continue to be a good in investment. And generally speaking, when we get into the inflationary years for a little further out, real estate is a nice way to uh, protect yourself from those inflationary pressures. Next question is, if containers are being moved at a good pace and trucking delivery is adequate, how do we explain the low stock in the retail stores and long delivery uh, predictions for retail orders, clothing, et cetera? Uh, well, that's a really good question. And uh, trucking delivery, is not adequate to the demand. And the containers being moved through are not adequate to the demand. And therein lies the answer to the question. And the normal demand pressures, it would be adequate. And if uh, we looked at 2019 and what was happening there, we would say, hey, the amount of containers coming through is greater than in 2019 before COVID. So uh, the problem is that the demand is greater than the supply chain can currently provide. Now, that will slowly ease as we go through 22 and into 2023. Uh, we're going to find that the demand curve eases as we've seen disposable personal income uh, move lower. And we know that uh, B2B activity is going to slow, not go down, just slow in its rate of rise and all that allows for that rebalancing. Uh, so I hope you didn't take my comments as being there's no problem. Of course, there is a problem. Uh, the good news is it's a problem that will be corrected as supply continues to uh, ratchet up, even as demand slows down. What will the 30 depression look like? Stock market crash. Yes, there will be a stock market crash. Um, and as we get close, we'll tell you more about the when on that. Uh, you can look at our webinar again, but uh, really uh, we'll know more about that when we get closer, but there will be a crash. 
for sure, which will create a buying opportunity as there's always a rebound sometime after crash. Doesn't have to be immediate, as we saw in the Great Depression of the 1930s. Uh, what is it going to look like? Well, it's not going to look like the 1930s. We're going to find there is more government programs to help the, uh, folks with unemployment, uh, uh, subsistence availability. Banks are not going to fail. You know, we're, we're going to find that uh, businesses are not going to um, collapse like they did as the banks collapsed in the 1930s. But there will be a lot of pain. Uh, to my earlier comment, think of the 2008-9 time period. And instead of it happening really quickly over the space of a year, uh, have that happen over a space of years. And that's a lot what it's going to look like. We're not going to see hungry hordes, but neither are we going to see uh, happy throngs of people either. Will 2022 be a buyer or seller market for a business? Well, uh, unfortunately, David, that's a question where I have to say it depends. Uh, it depends on the business. And the price and multiples and expectations, uh, there's a lot involved there. But in, in general terms, in 2022, uh, I would offer that it is a good time to buy if you're financing it because interest rates will still be very low. And there should be, if it's positively correlated to the economy, there should be some EBITDA gains to be realized and therefore um, some nice profits to be had as long as you factor in a cash flow problem in 2026. On the seller side of that question, um, sure, it's a good time. Multiples are high. People can get money for financing and capital is looking for something to do. So yeah, why not? Go for it. If now is the right time for you, it depends upon whether you want to sell right now or you're just looking for the best time. If you're looking for the best time, uh, that may be a little further down the road. Is it a good time to buy gold and silver? Well, Deborah, um, Yes, uh, gold. I don't. I don't ever pay attention to silver, so I can't really help you there. But uh, gold, yes, as long as you're not in a hurry. With the coming inflation, generally speaking, and it's only generally, it's not absolute. You will find gold prices uh, moving higher. And if there's uncertainty in the air, uh, then that also tends, but does not guarantee higher gold prices. So keep in mind, there are no guarantees with gold but it does seem to be a reasonable addition to your portfolio. Just make sure you don't go heavy into it, my advice, and make sure you don't fall in love with it, which is the worst thing that can happen to any investment you make is that you become unwilling to sell it for whatever reason. So in general, yes, but you know, see your professional wealth advisor with that one. He knows your portfolio, he or she knows your portfolios, your risk, your tolerances, what your goals are, how old you are. And if you don't have one, send me an email alan at itreconomics.com, and I will introduce you to mine, who I think the world of. Okay, uh, next question. When does this unprecedented demand flip? Companies are hoarding, stockpiling inventory at three to four times of normal. Well, Jack, uh, there is a lot of that going on. What we're going to find is that flip is probably too quick a word. Uh, slowly transition would be the way that I would put it. And we're going to find that the lessening in the rate of demand will make those who have stockpiled inventory at high prices less profitable. And will also discourage people from continuing to do so as prices begin to ease. So as prices begin to ease and things return to normal, uh, that, that slow transition on the demand side is going to lead to more inventory levels, more rational buying patterns. When we get to the last one here, it says, when, how are we going to see the labor issue play out? Wow, uh, tough one, this last one. 
and the question goes on, restaurants are shrinking their hours, long lines, empty shelves, et cetera. How are all these people who are dropping out supporting themselves? Well, you asked two questions in there that are not easy to answer. We do not see this labor issue uh, playing out, as you say, for years. Uh, we have 11.66 million job openings in this country. Last I looked, that's a record high, maybe a little lower now after the October numbers. Uh, we have more job openings than people who want to work, and that's going to leave us with this labor issue where you will be getting very creative in your hiring and your retention plans as you go forward. I would also like you to uh, consider that uh, service industries besides restaurants are reeling. Have you tried to hire anybody lately in the service industry or done business with a service company and been disappointed? Gosh, I have, and that's because they're dealing with the same labor issues as restaurants and long waits in restaurants, et cetera, order of the day. It does make me ask, where is John Galt? How are all these people who are dropping out supporting themselves? Well, either they're living more simply, they realize they can do with less, they've changed their living conditions so that they can, can do with less, uh, and like consider moving from Chicago to the way out to uh, Maine. I mean, there's a big standard of living difference, and if you can do uh, cost of living difference, if you can do distributed workforce, you're golden, or even better if you move to South Carolina, North Carolina. So uh, they're finding a way, and they also have increased uh, flow from the federal government. It's not uh, huge by a lot of people's standards, but it may be enough of a tipping point for others, and that there's a child tax credit that has been increased dramatically, and it is a refundable tax credit. So even if you don't work, you get the money. And um, it's a significant amount of money, in my opinion. If you have a child six years of age to 17, it's $3,000 per child. Under six is $3,600 per child. And then uh, if you do have your children in daycare, there is also a refundable tax credit for that too. $8,000, I believe, on the first child, $16,000 for a family. That certainly helps. And along the way, you could find people, like I said, just deciding it's not worth the daycare, it's not worth the effort. Therefore, we will make do on one income, one car, distributed workforce uh, makes it a little easier to do so. All right, I know that's a, uh, it's not real satisfactory uh, because it's a bit of an unknown. Uh, as we look into how are they supporting themselves, it's a combination of things, no straightforward, easy answer. Okay, well, those are the questions from the webinar. Thank you very much for uh, sending them in and I'm glad that you participated and I hope that you have yourself just a, a wonderful day. All the best to you.